All right, here we go. So, hey, folks, this is Jerry A. Thompson, and welcome to this episode of the Pivot Play Podcast. I'm here this evening, pretty darn late in the evening, uh, with my with my very good friend and the owner of Brown Sugar Catering, Dana Moore in Wilmington, Delaware. What's up, Dana? Hey, Tony. Right. <laughs> And I really would like people to think that we just started this. We've been trying to get this set up for a minute. And a lot of pressure on you, by the way. You're my first female guest on the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, you, first. You, you, you represent, you know, an entire gender. Okay. Um, and whether or not we ever have another woman on this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if I, if I mess this up, it's over. It's over. Over. Nope. nope. Okay. It's done. It's done. No, no pressure. Nope dude fast from here on out anyway so a few, a few things i want to get into it is it is so late um so i think this is probably what our fourth fifth episode of the podcast so it's it's so far so good um a lot of decent responses so the idea primarily is as we talk about these different subjects and so many different things we could talk about is to make sure that there's some breadcrumbs like what can people take away from these conversations. So with you, um, you have your own business, right? Along with working a full-time gig, right? Brown sugar catering. Yes, sir. So um, just talk to the audience about kind of how all this got started and where the idea come from. Um, Brown sugar started basically out of a need. Um, I found myself unemployed and then eventually underemployed um, with a child. Um, single mother and um, had to do what I had to do so this was a way of supplementing to make the ends meet and it started off you know just you know real casual nothing mm -hmm. you know wasn't like I was and I wasn't official I don't think I became and when I say official I mean business license insurance and all that I didn't have my credentials okay so you went from you went from you you started a side hustle Right, right, right. And then became a formal. So let me go. Let me think about how far this goes. So is this, this is not Miles. This is Asaya. This is Asaya. Okay. Who just graduated from high school. Yes. So yes. you've been at this for, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is why I can't interview oh. my, this is why I can't interview friends of mine. Cause it just makes me feel old when we think about how long some of this stuff has been going. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, so it's been a, it's been a minute. That you've been yeah. at this and i'll what i so i'll tell you two things i remember and you can take over from there so i remember uh new year's brunches mm -hmm. at your mom's house. is that what they were called then were they after the service or yeah, they, they were after i don't know service, what they were after service on new year's eve okay yeah okay um three o'clock one o'clock three o'clock in the morning right and then i remember brown sugar was started in an upstairs, like a second floor, really small apartment. So talk about the humble beginnings and oh, yeah. how you got going. Upstairs, um, two-bedroom duplex apartment. Um, it was what it was. Um, and now it has kind of morphed into, you know, we're no longer in that two-bedroom apartment. Praise mm -hmm. the Lord. We are in a four-bedroom house, um, which I own. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. 
yeah, so it's definitely been those with the humble beginnings. Um, and it was, it has grown tremendously. It, it's um, gone from, you know, small events. I've done weddings. I've done, I've done them all. You know, the okay. big events. I've done church conferences. Um, I've done things for celebrities. Um, Sarah Jakes, uh, what's your, Roberts. Um, I did something for Tank, the R and B artist. Um, it's it's been a it's been a ride. Been so a there ride. so there's so let me so let's go back then because there's a lot in that. So you said it was started out of necessity, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that that really tells a story because there's a lot of people that have necessities, and right now we're arguing about what's going to be in the in the next stimulus check and mm -hmm. unemployment. What what took you from really looking for a handout to saying, I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to step into this with something that I know how to do. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where did that come from? Cause that's to me, that's the first pivot, right? Cause a lot of people it, sit, complain, cry, worry. Well, first it was a need and then it became, I realized it was my therapy. It was my passion. It was my love. You know, I, I often say when people, when my clients, you know, give me feedback on, you know, their event and their food, they, I often say, they say, well, what would you put in that? I was like, you know, I don't consider myself the best cook, but what I do is I cook, what sets me apart is I cook with love because I love to do it. It's when I say it's my therapy, I am literally in the kitchen. I'm working out life. I'm working out my, you know, problems. I'm working out, you know, issues, all sorts of things are going through my mind as I'm preparing for an event and because I love to do it. It's my alone time. You know, I don't, I don't often get a lot of help because that's my, I guess you call my self care. Okay. My self care. So take me to first, first customer, first gig, first meal, first, just let's talk about the first. And that's hard to say because, you know, I think, like I said, I started out, you know, it, it, very casual with it and then I became legit you know um when I say legit you know the credentials the third safe certification the business license the insurance all those sorts of things became um so let me think my first custom client that's so hard now you're making me think man I would probably say my um it was probably a wedding okay a wedding. it um you got a wedding as your first gig? Your first, like... I believe so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I believe that was, as, as far as my first major gig, big okay. gig. So what? do you, so with the first gig being a wedding, right? So a wedding is a big event, right? Typically, it's going to have some audience from 50 to 200 or something. I don't know how many people were there, but for somebody, this is part of, like, their life dream, right? So you're right. now, and I know this as a musician, having played for a lot of weddings, no, you are. So I, I know what it's like to be part of the soundtrack to someone's life. Right. And now, you know, you taking on a wedding. So was were you nervous? Were you absolutely excited? Absolutely. OK, because I, I have learned and I, I, I will say this. I'm not a fan of weddings. OK, <laughs> let's be clear. You know, so if I'm not called to do somebody's wedding, I'm, my feelings aren't hurt because brides are creatures. But that's a whole other story. Everybody wants perfection. I was absolutely nervous. Um, the wedding was a success. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
it's a lot of moving parts. I find for me, when I have the bigger events, I don't sleep well leading up to it because mm -hmm. I'm constantly dotting my eyes. I, I, I think I probably sleep with the, with the list in my head, you know, checking this, checking that, making sure that everything is right. And I don't sleep restfully. You know, I probably close. Oh, wow. um, but so, um, yeah, I think that was one of the, um, one of the first a major one was was probably that wedding okay so the <laughs> wedding was success now i want to just so tell me how you felt when it was over when you could define it as a success absolute relief um because they were satisfied now i've, I've had some snafu moments you know it hasn't always been a cakewalk um i've had some moments where i'm like i could have did something better or i probably took on more than i could handle at that time okay um and you know in retrospect, you can look back and own that. Okay. So, so, but, and then there's other times where there's a circumstance that can be thrust on you. Absolutely. Someone hires you to do a gig, you know, and is that the right, can I say gig? What, yeah. what do you call yeah. them? I call them gig events. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So someone, oh, an event, we'll elevate our conversation, right? It was a gig when it was just side hustle. Now it's your business. It's an event, right? So someone hires you to do this event. And there's 35 people. So you prepare for 35 people, but then they bring their aunts, their aunties, their aunties, their cousins, uh, right. my boyfriend, girlfriend, cousin, 50 people now show up. You don't have food for 15 people. That has this happened? happened? Yeah, that has happened to me. Okay. That happened a couple years ago. It was an event where it was, I don't want to say the organization, but it was a, 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 um, a very astute um, African American organization, um, national. Say the name. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say. It. <laughs> Not <to> say it. <laughs> And um, it was they were they they had a program where they they took they mentored grandparents who took care of their grandchildren. Okay. So they had a closing out dinner. I was hired to do the dinner. I think it was like they told me it's 75 people. Okay. Now being you know the African-American people that we can be. And we, you know, they, they counted for the people that were in the program. Mm -hmm. They didn't factor in that these people may have four or five other people living in their home. Right. So it was 75 people turned into like 150. Very Stop cool. it. No, I'm serious. So 150, if I have my math, you know, I'm strictly public schools, that's double. Right. So were you, were you, were you, were you stitching pieces of chicken? Like how did this, well, how'd you get through that? One thing I do, I never cook. I don't cook for, if it's 75, I'm going to round up because I know us just, just for room for measure, you know, just for error. But I didn't have $150, 150, you know, person food for 150 people at that time. Right. So it was a quick store run. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a quick, let's boil some rice. Mm -hmm. Rice stretches. Let's get okay. these canned green beans. I mean, we made it live, you know. Okay. Now, but it didn't match what everybody else was eating, but, you know. Okay. So, I, the, so I, I have to ask, because I'm, I'm all about the numbers. So the gig, I'm sorry, the event is for 75 people. There's well over 100, we'll call it 150. 
and you have to now scramble. So essentially the scrambling increases your cost right, to deliver, to deliver the service. Did they pay you for that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I wouldn't have went out and purchased that extra food, you know, um, you know, if it wasn't, you know, I had to, you know, sub buy the chicken from some local chicken. I understand. And I understand. had the rice at home, had the extra green beans at home. So, uh, I mean, it, it was a slight delay and um, right. it worked itself out. But yes, we, we had a nice conversation as I'm counting it. I'm like, yo, this is not going to work. Like, right. so. I've yeah. had those moments. Well, there and there's also if you get in a pinch, there's this this pizza company that used to have a slogan they delivered on in 30 minutes. We won't say their name, but we'll for we'll call them Fabio's uh, <laughs> delivers. So you could <laughs> right, right, right. That's always an option. Exactly. <laughs> so you so you've had to so you've had to do that on the fly. So now that you've been doing this for wow, almost 20 years now, right? Like I said, I remember the small apartment. You know, I I know your home now, which gives you really space right you have more space to store you have more space to cook but again it wasn't always like that you had to juggle and make things happen to, to get things out the door right mm -hmm. um so now you've been in this for a while what what would you say are some of the biggest lessons learned because i mean you know there's a lot of people that cook oh absolutely right a lot of people that believe that they're good cooks, a lot of people believe that they could run this type of business. But when you when you take something that everyone does on a regular basis, which is eat, right? And now you're gonna put a name behind it, a price behind it, you know, you've you've now raised the bar. Mm -hmm. Um and so doing this, you've learned some things. So what yeah. would you say are the most valuable lessons that you've learned doing this business? From the gate. Um, know your worth and do not apologize for it. I still have old proposals from years ago and I like want to just slap myself and throw up in my mouth at how low bar, I, you know, it was just like what? And right. I, in my, I know what it was at that time it was, you were trying to get yourself out there so you wanted that gig so you just kind of just you know you know, shortchange yourself, low bid, mm -hmm. bid, you know, just to get yourself out there. Right. But now you, you know, you have credentials. You've proven yourself. Right. You know, and I tell, I, I actually, you know, mentor a few, you know, up and people that work with me. Um, mm -hmm. One young lady by the name is Jasmine um, Johnson. She has a catering company by um, Vibe Catering. Okay. Jasmine's young. And um, when I say young, I'm, she's 22. Mm, okay. Phenomenal yeah. cook. Phenomenal cook. Mm -hmm. And so she will often call me, you know, Adena, what do you think about, you know, is this too much? No, no, ma'am. Because I want you to know, learn what I didn't know. What I, you know, no one told me that. No one told right. me. Um, you know, you, and she's credentialed. She has, you know, she's, she's, She's got her stuff, you know. Right. Um, so that's one of the biggest lessons. Do not shortchange yourself, especially now. I mean, I mean, anybody that's shopping goes to a grocery store knows that food is expensive now. 
right and getting more expensive too exactly by right the, as the as supply gets challenged exactly, food is more expensive. exactly. so you it, you know and you know you just gotta you, you gotta you have definitely have to don't short short change yourself right. at all. so and so i and i'm i'm certain that you have then rejected you know opportunities just based on the fact that someone wanted to lowball you on the price okay. or yes. get you to go outside you know sort of um you know, where you're comfortable and how you deliver your services and maybe try to redefine you in some ways, you know, how, and I know you've done it, right? Oh yeah. I've done it and I've done it, I've done it, you know, not to the the professional way of where I just kind of go radio silent. That's, that's your answer. And then I also have done it where I've done it professionally where I, you know, respond and say, you know, this is not going to work for me, you know, right? sorry. So, so let's quickly talk about advertising, right? So we, you and I were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I think we actually, you know, these conversations evolved. And if I remember correctly, we actually started to talk about like customer appreciation. I mean, you have people that have been loyal to you in your business. And um, Jay Abraham, who is really well-known marketing genius says the objective of a business is to acquire and keep a customer. Yes. Yes. Right. And so I don't know how much of that conversation that you, you remember in terms of where the opportunities are to, but how, how, how do you recognize people who've been loyal to you in your business? What I've been doing as of late is just basically, um, you know, since we've had this COVID situation, I've been doing mm-hmm. the home. And you, and you kind of just throw a little love there, you know. Is that your house phone? You may lower it. Yes, it is. I'm trying to ignore it, and then you just brought it to the light. We can't. No, we can't. It's it's happening. It's a real thing. Well, I was I trying to. Know who, I want to know who's calling your house at this hour. My That's why I need to. My mother. It's your mother. She'll call the house. Then she'll call my cell phone in a minute. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love your mother, so I'm not going to say anything about her. You know, I love her. So, (laughs) gotta love her. Gotta love her. (laughs) Anyway, so we were talking about (laughs) how you how you recognize your loyal customers. And you know, just kind of like I haven't put an actual program into place, but you know, there are there are clients that you know have been loyal and have been um, you know very consistent with me and very supportive. So I just throw my my way of love is you know I'll may throw something in extra or, you know, don't worry about that. Or, you know, that's how I do it. And I have some diehards. I, I really have some diehards. I mm-hmm. really. So that's my way of doing that. Um, and I, I do plan on getting something more formalized, um, you know, to kind of continue with that, that whole mind, um, that marketing concept of that we talked about. Right. So one of the other things in your line of work as well as, I mean, really many lines of work, right, is, is the power of referrals. Mm. Um, how have, how have, what has been the power of referrals in your business? It's very powerful. In fact, I actually, um, a few weeks, a couple, about two weeks ago, I, I had gifted my aunt for her 70th birthday, which was last year, uh, a four-course meal for, um, for four people. And that was something that she redeemed this year on her birthday um, mm-hmm. and through the power of social media, 
because she was it was it was I I created an experience. It was it just wasn't dinner. I you know I came and I set up the house and I had the music playing and you know jazz mm-hmm. and it was a whole ambiance because I I believe that eating should not just be eating to you know to to live or sustain you, but sometimes you can have these experiences and you walk away. That was great. I want to do that again. So I created mm-hmm. a whole experience. Um, four, like I said, a four course meal for her and her husband okay. and two other I forget, two other guests. And so she's so excited and she put it on social media and literally two days later I get a call. Oh, my husband's birthday's coming up and this is somebody I know. Right. Uh, husband's birthday's coming up. I need a dinner party. Blah, blah, blah. Can you come and do it? Same thing. And right. I've noticed since then that in, in these COVID streets, um, people aren't all the way comfortable going out to restaurants, even though the restaurants here in Delaware are open to 60% capacity. Uh, they're, they're not going out like that. So, right. you know, I'm able to come in, set it up. The ambiance is there. The presentation's there. The food is right. there. And they're happy. So I have no, I've literally done one, three, three of those types of deals in two weeks. Right. So here's what I want to say, and maybe not necessarily directly to you, but also to our to our audience on, you know, first of all, referrals is the cheapest It's the cheapest. Oh, my word. I'm telling you, public schools just have ruined me. It's just it's strictly public schools, folks. But it, it is the, is the least expensive marketing that you can do. Right. And it really is in response to creating a great experience. For someone, I, I I'll give you an example. Um, I bought a car uh, about three years ago. I had a, a Cadillac SUV for a while, and you know I'm a tech dude, so I'm like, yeah, let me check out this Carvana situation, see what that's all about. Because I, you know, I don't know where I was in Texas or Georgia. I don't know where I was, but I went by one of their big giant vending machines where you go and you get a coin and it brings the car down and all that. Right, right. And I bought one and they, and you know, like I, I, what I appreciated about what they did was the way they allowed me to view the vehicle online, right? Complete outside, complete inside. If there was a blemish, they put a circle there. You could look at it, you know? So um, other than not knowing how the vehicle would specifically run, I got, I got to see everything about the vehicle. So I'm cool with that. Right. And then they delivered that car to my house on a flatbed. Right. And all I had to do was sign some papers and, you know, I could have I took it for a test drive. If I decided right then I didn't want it, they're going to put it back on the truck and take it away. When I decided I'm keeping I'm keeping the vehicle, sign a few papers. It's already in my driveway, gives me the keys. He rolls off. It was a wonderful buying experience. You know, I was able to do the research. You know, I was getting a great price. So, again, I had a great experience. I'm going to tell people about that. You know, now they know I'm going to do that. So they had already given me a book of cards or vouchers or coupons or whatever, you know. And of course, what am I doing? I'm passing these things out. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't work for these people. But (laughs) I had but I had such a great experience that I want other people to have a great experience. This is how you can have a great experience. Carvana, they have really made this a really simple thing. So. I think very much you're doing the same thing. And I'm saying all that to say the referrals are powerful. If you get a referral, this, this is what the, the research says, is that a referral will tend to buy more, they'll buy a greater frequency, and they'll buy with less resistance. Uh-huh. So the, the time it takes to close a sale is decreased dramatically because they've already made the decision 
that they're going to do business with you. You're really not selling. You're just trying to figure out what you're going to deliver. Right, right, um, right. So again, may not, maybe not necessarily you because you're leveraging that today, but for some other people who are listening, you know, referrals are, are wonderful, which is sometimes when you're starting, maybe there's some things that you have to give away for free so you can create an experience for somebody, you know. So what, uh, you know, real quick, because we, we, we have to pivot to something else before we run out of time. Um, you do tastings? I do. I do. Really? And I charge for my tastings. What? Yes, yes I do. Tell me about that. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Tastings are typically done for weddings or the larger events. And those are clients that may or may not know what, how you cook, what your style is. And um, and I, I recently started charging in the last maybe year and a half, two years. And the reason why is because I have a tasting. I, I had this particular tasting. It was for a wedding. And um, cooked this food. And they were strangers. And I have my tastings in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be mindful who you allow cross your threshold. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a tasting. It went well. From my point of view, it went well. It seemed like it was going well. Um, and then, you know, they were very transparent. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, looking at other people as well. No problem. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, I get that. So mm-hmm. I'll, well, we'll call you on Wednesday. Wednesday comes, they don't call. Thursday comes. I said, let me reach out, you know, let me just have some initiative. Totally ghosted me. Mm-hmm. But really irritated me was the fact that I had these people in my home, total strangers. I fed them. Right. I I I gave them at least an hour and a half of my time. My time is valuable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you left with leftovers. No. So I basically fed strangers lunch. With I'm right. sorry. You know, with no kickback. And I mean, it. Right. I, I probably would have taken it better if you had called and said, okay, we're going with so-and-so. That would have been fine. Business is business. I get it. But I think the ghosting part irritated Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, and then I just, I value my time. My time is non-refundable. I have two children. So, and yeah. So now I charge for tasting because you got to have skin in the game. Right. So, so let's jump to this before we run out of time. This is really important. So, Life is what it is. You're doing what you do. You know, this normal sort of cycle to your business. And then pandemic hits, right? Mm-hmm. And everything shuts down. And what a lot of people have seen is, you know, their livelihoods dramatically impacted. Um, I believe you've been fortunate to remain, you know, in your full-time employment, you know, but in terms of brown sugar, you know, in the same way that, you know, you know, the barbers and, you know, you know, housekeepers, landscape, like all sorts of folks who, you know, largely did a lot of things, whether it's their full-time or their part-time thing, solved those sources of income, you know, halted for the most part. So what, what has been your experience with brown sugar during the pandemic and what have you done to pivot, to keep one, the name out there, to keep your customers? Cause I'm, this is the other thing I'm gonna say this. I'm convinced that some people will realize that there were services and things that they did and they've not done them now for long enough that they've broken the habit of doing them. And they're like, I don't know if I need to do that. So right. tell me what tell me what you've done and, and how you've 
pivot, what was your pivot during the pandemic? Well, when the pandemic, when the shutdown hit my state, you know, like I said, you're, I'm in Delaware. Um, I literally had events um, that weekend and I had literally left the restaurant depot for an event two days later, mm-hmm. but, you know, postponed, canceled, postponed. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was able to, you know, I, I had things that were, you know, perishable things. So I was able to, you know, make it work. Um, and then there was also, I had deposits for events, um, you know, in the future. Technically and contractually, I, I did not have to give that money back. You gave but the money back? I did. I did. I did. I'm not even going to ask any more questions about that. I I'm mean, I did, I did, you know. No, I believe I, you, 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 you did the honorable thing. I right? just, you I, did the honorable I, thing. Yeah, I mean, integrity, you know, integrity, you know. And then, you know, at that time, we just thought it was going to be a kick it down the road type of thing. But mm-hmm. here we are four months later, like, okay, damn, when it, you know. And it's fine. So then um, how I kind of pivoted it as time went on, you know, of course, everybody was cooking hunt home because they, they only will go do these grocery store runs. And then it got to a point where I think maybe six weeks in, I recognized that people were tired of eating their own food. Right. And that's when I did my pivot and I, I prospered. So what I did is I, I it started in May. Mm-hmm. It was called I Cook For You. And I did pre-orders. Um, I put it on. Wait a minute. Let me go back. You said May I Cook For You? Is that the name of the program? It'll play on the month of May. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. May I Cook For Okay. Got it. Um, and it was a play on words, and I it did it was on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Pre-orders, you had to, you know, text me um, curbside, of course, curbside pickup, um, and you secured it with your cash app to me. Um, and when I say it far exceeded what I typically would do at the cafe, the cafe is something that my church has, and I'm a bit, I've been a part of that for the last five years. It ex- Seeded that, mm-hmm. and at first I thought it was okay because people were tired of eating their own food. So then we did it again two weeks later, and it was like, "Whoa, y'all really, oh, y'all like me like that?" Like you know. And then I did a, another pivot, and I did a brunch. And hmm. brunch. In fact, I'm doing the brunch this weekend. You want to come and okay. get your food? Got a nice car. You can drive here and get here. <laughs> I give you your food if you drive here, okay? <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about driving that way. Don't don't tempt me. Okay, well you know it's, what? it's I, only it's only nine hundred miles, so I wouldn't be surprised if you showed up. I'm just saying I, that's how I do. You know how I do. Yeah, you do it like that <laughs> anyway. Um, and so it it just really was something that I did not expect, and it far exceeded you know what I could even imagine. And in fact, when I put, I just literally put the flyer out on my social media this afternoon and 10 minutes later, someone who missed it, because I put a deadline on it. If you don't, if you don't order by Friday, 3 p.m., you don't, you can't call me. Now I, I'm, I'm a softie, you know that. I will take, you know, some, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. I, I anticipate for it, but I don't like to put it out there like that because I don't want these Negroes calling me. Saturday trying to place an order. No, no, no. 
So I literally got a call from some. Uh, I heard my cash app go off. I'm like, well, who is this? And I'm looking, I'm like, oh. So I text her and she was just like, yeah, because I missed the last one. I'm not missing it again. So that shows me that they want it and it's working. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, because the alternative is you, you could have, you know, shut it down. Exactly. Give back these deposits, which mm-hmm. I, you did the right thing. I'm just going to keep saying that. Um, give back these deposits and just sit on your hands and, and, and wait it out. Right. But instead, again, you pivoted and then profit it. You did something yeah. great for your, for your clientele. Right. Cause it, then I don't know if you saw my Facebook page at the beginning of the pandemic, we were shopping, you know, if you look on my Facebook page, I'm like chef boy RD. I'm, I'm like, I'm smoking briskets. I'm cooking all these meals. You know, you know, I, I do my, my, go and then it's like by week two, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not, we, we, we're not, we're not, I'm not doing that. And then, you know, the, the language. Like, seriously, you know what I mean? This has been really, you know, not to get deep and all, but it was very, you know, it's so much information out there. You know, it was, it was weighty. Right. Then you got, you know, George Floyd and, you know, it's like, so I felt like I needed to do it for my own sanity. Because like I said earlier, it's my therapy. It's my, you know, working it out. Right. I, I feel know. you. Was that deep? Um, I got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, what I what I'll say is, and I I think I've experienced this uh, periodically during this time is, um, how I, I just I don't want to use the word depression but yeah you can just get a, a a case of the i don't feel like it's yeah it was weighty you know and so that you have to motivate yourself to do something to keep yourself moving keep yourself active you know during during periods like this i just think it's, it's so necessary so much has changed in terms of how we interact with one another and again what we've known to be normal i mean you know you you had a, a child who was expecting to walk across the stage, you know, in the, in the graduation that didn't happen that way. Right. Right. Um, and so just so many, so many things are, are different and we're having to adjust, we're having to, to pivot. So, um, so last thing I'll, I'll, I'll ask now you, you mentioned one thing that's really important about knowing your worth. Um, but if someone says, I think I can cook, I, I can do that. So aside from knowing their worth, what is the next most valuable piece of advice that you would offer to someone that says, I'm, I'm going to pivot, you know, I got a whole stack of my grandmama and my mama's recipes and people love this food. I only cook it occasionally, but I can turn this into something. What, what's your advice to them? You got to want to do it. You have to recognize that it's not as easy as it looks. It's not as easy as it looks. It's a lot of time management. It's, um, it's and everybody can't cook in bulk. Hmm. Some people, a lot of people can't cook in bulk. Some people are, you know, they're used to cooking for the four people that live in the house or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a process. Um, and you got to love it. You got to, you got to have some love in it. Right. Of, it's like it, it, it reflects the food point blank period in the end. Um, and um, also seek out a mentor. Hmm. Seek out a mentor and 
uh, I've been fortunate to have had, you know, people that mentored me um, in different areas. Like I, I learned through my um, friend, James Fawcett, he's, he's gone on. Um, Jim, Jimmy Fawcett, he died three years ago, but he taught me how to cook in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my aunt and my uncle, they taught me the business side of it. Right. Um, well, you actually spent some time working in their restaurant. Yeah, I did. You did part time. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. So I learned that the business side of it. Um, so, so let me, so let me, so do you think it's then important? I mean, somebody can jump in, but like I said, sometimes we have experiences along the way that are helping to prepare us and shape us for an opportunity. Um, like I, I'm, I'm imagining that when you were working part time in their restaurant, that brown sugar had in some configuration had already begun but it still gave you the opportunity yeah i did it i think so maybe maybe Maybe, but not you know but nonetheless you were able to observe participate not to mention you know somebody you can you can talk to about hey how do you do this how did you do that but you know, and I think that what I'm getting to is sometimes people want to launch out and they never think about sort of an apprenticeship. Like, let me spend some time with someone that does this. Maybe I can volunteer. Maybe I can work for them. Maybe I can take them out and and buy them a few lunches and just get them to talk to me about what they do. But I think you do need some experience because there you got to see, you know, how they buy, how they cook, how they interact with their customers. Like, I I remember that you you got a lot out of that. That probably yeah. help you in ways you maybe didn't even realize when you started. Definitely, definitely. I think that um, that's necessary. Um, that's it. How can I say this nicely? That's a what? But we, you don't have to be nice. Just I don't think a lot of people people look at sometimes in this line of industry it can be competitive, low key competitive. You know what I mean? Um, but my, and you're in a and you're in a small market. Yes, small okay. small. Small town, small even smaller state. Um, but I often say um, there's enough money out there for everybody to eat. There really is. And I may not be the caterer for so-and-so and vice versa. You know what I mean? But there's always somebody. I mean, I have people, friends, that, you know, that I, you know, are, are, I may, if I'm not able to do an event, I may, hey, why don't you call so-and-so? They may be able to help you with this. You know what I mean? Right. All network, but... Um... Yeah, and I think, too, with that, I mean, I, this is clearly not my line of work, but, I mean, minimally, most people eat three meals a day, right? right? So you can, you know, you can try to elbow somebody else out of out of the marketplace, or you can create your own niche. Like, okay, people eat breakfast. Become the breakfast caterer, right? You know, mm-hmm. some people are going to have a late night. Maybe you do great desserts. You like, and maybe you run your thing really from like 7 p.m. to midnight. Like, like, we'll deliver your, you know, your these series of desserts. But there's opportunity. People just have to be creative and not so consumed or captivated with, with what someone else is, is doing. And, and then taking on that scarcity mentality that there's mm-hmm. not enough. Like, if you have it, that means I can't get it, you right. know. Um, or even maybe even figure out ways how you, you know, in ways that you can partner with someone. Uh, so, but I, I think again, the mentorship helps with that. Talking mm-hmm. to other people, building relationships, like the fact that you are, have a willingness to mentor 
you know, someone who's young and just starting out and, you know, um, based on what you're saying is, is clearly talented, you know, says a lot about who you are as a person and that you are not stuck into the scarcity mentality that, well, I ain't gonna help her because she, you know, she could steal my, she still yeah. my, still my business. So. No. Nope. Anywho. All right. So we're going to sign off because, you know, our, our conversations can go on for a minute, but I appreciate you doing this at, at this, at this late hour. Please call, please, please call your mama back. Um, so, so, tell Sandy I said hello. Um, her birthday's tomorrow. Uh, huh? Her birthday's tomorrow. Is it really? 70 years old. Stop it. Still young. She's still young. Yeah. Tell her I said she's she, she too young for me. I can't. I can't. I'm just Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so let's catch up. Hopefully you have a, a very successful event this weekend. I'm sure you will. Um, and then we'll, you know, jump on that customer appreciation thing. I, I'm just, I just want to see how it, I, how it goes, how it goes down. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk again about how to put a real strategy behind it. So you have some expectation of what you will get back from doing it, yeah. you know? Um, so we'll get to that anyway. Appreciate you. Love you. It is late for us. So we'll get this chopped up and get it out soon. All right. All right. Peace out, lady. Bye.